0: amen praise the lord everyone the lord is good to us isn't he uh, this is an amazing day this is going to be a great day for some of you actually it could be a great day for all of you uh this friday morning i woke up and I, I got up came down to church started praying you know, normal routine and I started feeling in my spirit that I wasn't going to be preaching the message that I had prepared. I, when I was young that terrified me but now it doesn't bother me. So the Lord gave me a, a thought that, and I started working on it yesterday uh, Friday and yesterday If you would, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. And you say, but you don't have it on the the PowerPoint. No, we're actually going to go old school and read it. Isn't that amazing? I have been wanting and looking for this moment in this church for five years. And you say, well, what moment is that? Well, we, we started uh, BC before COVID, and we started moving, we were growing, we were going on, and then COVID hit, and, and everything stopped, and we all became TV evangelists and, and everything else. And, I, and I'm so excited about that. And I'm, I'm thankful that we can have people that watch online. I'm thankful for that. I also want to encourage you that it's not a replacement for being in the house of God it it cannot replace that that point in time when uh, when God begins to move on you to bless somebody else and you're not there to fulfill what God has for you this is where I've been wanting to go and you say, well, well, where is it? Well, I look around, and I, and I know that, there, that the adversary is fighting families. I know that there are people that are sick that, that can't find relief from the doctors. I know that there are, that there are financial circumstances in people's lives that, that they just don't know how to fix. There are relationships that are, that are turned upside down and, and, and you've tried everything that you can and it just doesn't seem to work. And you're at a place that you can't do anything. And that's exactly where God wants us. That is exactly where God begins to work. In our weakness, God is strong. When Gideon had a large army, God said, I don't need them. Uh, But when God got him down to 300, God said, I can use this to defeat the entire army. When Israel was under siege, God took them down to where they were almost starving, and he used four lepers to transform the entire nation. God gets you to a place where you can't do anything and then when you call on him, he begins to work. I don't find it um, a coincidence that in, in Wednesdays we've been talking about prayer, we've been talking about uh, healing and about the gifts of the Spirit and how healing is for today and, and, and I know that you know, people in the class, they said, well, pastor... Everybody in here, one of them said, how many people have been healed? And every, almost everybody in the, in the class had raised their hand. And they said, well, we believe in healing. I said, yes, but I want to see it, and I want to see it more, and I want to see it often if it's in the church then i want it to be in the church and god starts working in people's lives when you begin to look and get hungry for more and more of god god allows circumstances to come our way to force us to trust in him have you ever been there where it was god if you would in luke 8 and i'm not going to preach very long but I am going to ask for a response. In Luke chapter 8, verse 43, Jesus has just gone over, and he was in the country of the Gadarenes, and that man that, that had a legion of devils. Can you imagine having 2,000-plus devils living inside of you? I mean, there, there are some places I don't like to go because I don't like the atmosphere around me. Have you ever watched a movie and you started feeling a dark? spirit around it so you turned it off can you imagine can you imagine living with that much inside of you and yet, he, Jesus gets off the boat and the man runs to him and worships the Lord because there's not a devil in hell or on this earth. He can stop a, a person from worshiping God if he really wants to worship. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how bound you are. It doesn't matter how confused your life is. If you choose to worship him, you can and it doesn't matter how strong those fetters and chains are, God will break them. So Jesus heals the, the, the man and he says, Oh, let me go with you. And he says, No, I'm not going to go. You, you need to stand, you need to stay here and testify what God has done for you. Jesus gets in a boat, goes to the other side of the, of the sea, and the scripture says when Jesus gets off the boat, they're waiting for him. People are waiting for him let me ask you if if you knew that jesus was around and, and now now, now granted somebody had mentioned the, in our class the other day which i really thought was amazing they said jesus uh they knew that that god could heal they just didn't know that he, that that jesus could save and then today we know that jesus saves we just don't know if he can heal So here's this group, and they they meet Jesus when he gets off the boat. And as soon as he gets off the boat, a man named Jairus comes up to him and says, Master, you've got to help me. My 12-year-old daughter, my only daughter, is sick and getting ready to die. I need you to come and bless her that she can live. And Jesus says, all right, I'll go with you keep in mind there is a huge crowd there is a massive crowd of people that are there have you ever been in in, in an atmosphere that that is so dynamic that that there's that is just incredible like it, maybe you've gone to a basketball game and and you know and and you in the magic actually won and and <laughs> And it's, those, and it's those times, or, or maybe you've been in, in a meeting where, there, where somebody that is important in this life uh, is there, or maybe you've been in a church service where the dynamic presence of God was there, and, and, and that, that atmosphere is just alive and electric. And it's like, oh, I want to be there. I want to soak it in. I want to be part of that. That's what this group was. They had heard about the miraculous things of Jesus. You think gossip is new? They knew. They didn't even have telephones, and they knew Jesus was was renowned for doing the miraculous and for blessing and for touching people. And, And where he was at this moment in his ministry, it was electric, it was powerful, and people wanted to be there to soak that energy in. Don't you love that? They're all with Jesus. They're all there. Let's go on. They're making their way to Jairus' house. And in verse 43, as they're making their way, this is what Scripture says. Now keep in mind that Luke is a doctor. And he says, And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. 12 years. 12 years if she would live to the average age of 60 that would be 20 percent of her life was spent with disease you say well what does that mean well there's a, there's a lot of things that are implied here but there are a lot, of, a lot of scripture that we need to really look at this woman had been sick for 12 years can you imagine 12 years of being sick she had been subject to bleeding and no one could heal her now that's a pretty powerful statement for a doctor to make here's Luke, the physician that runs with Paul so when Paul gets sick he's right there for him and everything else he is not saying medicine is not good He is saying there are some things that medicine just can't cure. And this woman had had spent everything she has on what she could do, and nobody could help her. Not one person could help her. Not one person could, could find the cure. She had been sick. I can't imagine being sick that long And every single day. Every time you try a new cure, it doesn't work. Every time you try a new remedy, it's not, it doesn't do any good. No matter what you try, no matter how much money you spend, how much money you borrow, it, the latest and greatest, nothing seems to work. She was at her wits end. She had exhausted everything she could do. Everything that she knew, every ounce of of energy she had, all the money she had, everything went to the cure and nothing helped. In fact, Matthew says that she actually grew worse her situation was getting dire. And here's this woman that, keep in mind, here comes Jesus, Jairus, Jesus, and the multitude that are part of the electric atmosphere that, wow, let's go see what Jesus is going to do with, with this 12-year-old girl and, and raise her from, the, from her sickbed. And as they're going and as people are with Jesus, This woman, the scripture says, comes up behind him and touched the edge of his garment or his cloak and immediately, 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 I don't think you heard that. Immediately, right then, right now, no waiting. You don't have to wait till Friday. You don't have to wait till next Thursday. You don't have to take this pill and wait till it takes effect. Immediately, she was healed. Right then. You say, well, that's a pretty powerful story. Let's delve into this story a little bit. This woman had an issue of blood. Leviticus tells us that if somebody has a has a disease or an issue of blood, uh, and and it and they can't stop the flow, that they are considered not pure. They are impure, and everything they touch has to be washed, and every person they touch is considered impure until evening after they themselves go and wash and here's this woman she's Jewish she knows the law she's been sick for 12 years she has done everything right and here's Jesus and she knows that if she touches Jesus that she is going to ceremonially make him unclean and she said I don't care I don't care I have to touch him and it wasn't just that she wanted to touch him it's it's very specific in Matthew and in Luke both they give you this detail And it's it's a small detail, and yet when you start looking at it, it just brings so much power to this story. For she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. Now, we look at it and we say a hem. I got lazy, didn't tuck my shirt in. I'm using it as an illustration. That's a hymn. It keeps it from fraying. All of us, we have hymns in our, in our clothing. That's what they do. But this hymn was very spe- special. In fact, in, in Numbers chapter 15, verses 38 and 39, the law says, God spoke to, and said, when you make your garments, I want you to put a hymn on them and there's tassels on that garment and there's a blue line that runs through that garment and those tassels are to remind you to be holy to never forsake what makes you holy this woman was saying oh it's not just that I could just touch a piece of his garment or oh, if I could touch his shoe or touch his sandal. She was saying, I want to reach out and connect with what makes him holy. What makes him holy? And when she connected with what makes Jesus holy. Jesus stopped and said, no, wait a minute. Somebody touched me. And the disciples looked around and said, Lord, everybody's touching you. Everybody. There's a whole multitude of thousands of people and they're all rubbing shoulders with you and touching you. And, and, And you said, well, wait a minute, somebody touched me? And he said, yes, because I felt virtue leave me. Dunamis, power, virtue. I felt the Spirit leave me and went into somebody else. so here's where we are today Jesus says who touched me and Jesus asked and when they all denied it Peter said master everybody's touching you and Jesus said somebody touched me I know because power has gone out from me then the woman seeing that she could not go unnoticed came trembling and fell at his feet and in the presence of all the people she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And then Jesus looked at her and said, you broke the law. No, he didn't. He simply said, daughter, your faith, your strong conviction has healed you. What was the difference between the multitude, and the woman. They were all in the presence of of Christ. They were all touching him. I'm going to ask our praise team to come back. Everybody was reaching out and touching Jesus. And yet this woman said, I have a need. I have a need. You know, there are people... And Lord knows I've been guilty of it. I guarantee you, you've been guilty of it. That we are like the crowd, that we have a need, we have a circumstance in our life, but we like to get in the atmosphere with Christ because it makes us feel good and we feel, oh man, that was a great service, and we go out and then we try to conquer that problem again on our own because we've been in the presence of God. And then after a day or two, that thing starts wearing us down again. And then then we go back next week and we get into the presence of God and we say, wow, that was a great service. I feel God's presence. And the problem is still there. We're just caught up in the presence of God. Stay with me. But this woman said, I need more than just the presence of God. I need God to touch me. I need to touch him. I need to reach out and be blessed by him. The one that has healed the sick, the one that has opened blind eyes, the one that has raised the dead. I don't want to just be in his presence. I want to touch him. I want him to heal me. This is where we, as a family of God, have to be. When you get to the place that you no longer just want to be in his presence, but you want to touch him because you realize he is the only source of victory in your life. And you're willing to do anything and everything to get him and his attention that that virtue, that power that is in Christ can go from him to you. And when he touches you and that spirit hits you, it doesn't matter what you're walking through. It doesn't matter what disease you have. It doesn't matter what your circumstances in life are. When the Lord touches you, your life is healed. He's the healer. So where are you today?